Welcome to Breaking the Barrier, a podcast focused on Western trailblazers who are breaking barriers both in and out of the arena. I'm your host, Rebel Seclocha, and today we're visiting with Merriman, Nebraska native and first-time Wrangler National Finals Rodeo qualifier in the bareback riding, Garrett Shadbolt. Garrett, to start, give us some background on your season and some of the pivotal rodeos that contributed to your success this year. Oh, well, uh, thanks for having me. It was a, <laughs> obviously my most successful year to date, the first time getting to the national finals rodeo. For me, the season really started out with the circuit finals and making it to the Ram National Circuit Finals in Kissimmee, Florida. That was really early in the winter, and um, I went out there. I finished second at the Ram National Circuit Finals and uh, kind of won a pile out of there, and getting that early of a start, I was number one in the world, I believe, after the Ram National Circuit Finals on money one, you know, so getting to go to those big winter rodeos set number one in the world kind of will give guys some confidence and uh, help the judges kind of look at you a little bit. But I also drew some some really good bucking horses at uh, San Antonio and San Angelo, those big winter rodeos, and pulled some big checks out of there. Those early big wins in, in the wintertime really put me up there in the standings, and then it was easier for me to hold on to that spot than try to try to chase it like I had in previous years. Absolutely. So to build a little bit, how does a strong start like that contribute to your confidence as you head into the summer? Oh, it's great. Um, you know, half of riding rough stock or more is about your mental game and your confidence. I mean, um, you you won't be able to ride anything if you don't believe you can ride it. You know, having that hot start and, you know, being number one, number two, number five in the world is obviously makes you feel pretty confident, makes you feel like you belong when you show up at those big rodeos. And and also, it was a tip to me that I had made some improvements in my riding this year over last year, and that that was a big confidence boost. You know, I've just been I've been trying to improve my riding. This is my third year riding professionally, you know, but um, just horses of this caliber was new to me just a few years ago, and being able to make these big, you know, 89, 90 point rides on some of these really strong bucking horses, something I've been struggling with a little bit, you know, but uh, I think my riding has improved, and, and that's really made it a difference at those critical moments when you get that really good horse drawn at that really big rodeo. So you've been riding professionally for three years, but when did you start riding bareback horses and when did you make the decision that this is something you really wanted to buckle down and pursue? I got on my first bareback horse when I believe I was a senior in high school. I got on quite a few saddle bronc horses before I ever ran my hand in the rigging, but my dad used to ride barebacks when I was growing up and I didn't really get that early of a start at it. I wasn't really all that interested in it, honestly, growing up. Eventually, I got on some ranch broncs and thought that was pretty fun and ended up in the bareback rigging. And after I after I ran my hand in the bareback rigging, I kind of quit the ranch bronc riding and the saddle bronc riding pretty fast. I started riding quite a bit better in the bareback ride. I did a little bit of high school rodeo my senior year, but the spring of my senior year, I got flipped over the front on this horse and uh, hit my face and actually broke my cheekbone in my eye socket. And that was a bit of a uh, recovery and I didn't get to uh, rodeo anymore, high school rodeos. And I never really rodeoed in high school that seriously because of that. I think six weeks a day after I broke my face, I nodded on another one and uh, I haven't really looked back since. It wasn't until I was uh, in college I believe a uh, junior in college that I got my permit, which means you can go to a couple of, you can go to pro rodeos. You're not exactly a full card member, but you can go to pro rodeos. But through college, I was, I was riding um, in the Nebraska state and the South Dakota state 
amateur associations uh, pretty steady throughout the summers, getting on 30 or 40 head of bucking horses. And after, for the most part, I was right. You know, I was really, I had that amateur associations kind of topped out and I was looking for a little more horsepower really. And that's kind of what got me to get my permit and start going to those pro pro shows, just looking for a little more horsepower. (laughs) So I want to back up and build a little bit on something you said about your high school rodeo experience. I know a lot of competitors at the high school level feel if they don't qualify for the national high school finals or have a lot of success at the high school level that that may inhibit them from performing at the next level. Uh, what would you tell a high school competitor who maybe has this mindset and kind of relate it back to your story? Oh, I, I think high school rodeo is just getting warmed up. I think that depending on where you live, your amateur circuits can be really a great place to go rodeo, to keep rodeoing. You know, um, I wouldn't sweat high school so much. I think it's great to make big goals in high school and, um, you know, and all that, it's a great stepping stone. But if you're like me and you get a late start riding bucking horses or whatever, you know, I mean, it's fine. It's, I mean, if you, you shouldn't be getting on them until you're comfortable and confident to give it a try and, and go out there and give it a hundred percent. So, you know, if you get a late start, it's, it's not the end of the road for you for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so bareback riding is obviously a very physically demanding event. How do you take care of your body as you're going up and down the road? Well, going up and down the road is a little different than off-season, I suppose. But mostly going up and down the road, the biggest thing is trying to eat healthy and and treating your body right with getting the nutrients and stuff you need. And it's really tough to do. I mean, eating healthy while you're traveling is just tough, (laughs) really tough. Um, Unless you want to go sit down in a fancy steakhouse or something, you better be going to Walmart and you better be buying yourself something to eat and making up some sandwiches and stuff. You know, uh, you start eating fast food every day and you'll be... You'll be run down in no time at all. And, uh, you know, just your uh, lots of stretching and uh, warming up and more like light exercises. Usually if you're rodeoing hard, if you're staying out on the road, um, you're already torturing your body <laughs> so much you're not really going to be trying to make gains as far as muscle-wise and stuff. Just staying limbered up and, and treating injuries, any injuries that you have with ice and all that. In the off-season and throughout my rodeo career, I've always been a, a wrestler and I think my my wrestling is paid off in the form of rodeo. I mean, just a ton, and especially bareback riding. It's it's a really physical, physically demanding event, and it requires you to be pretty strong and athletic. And I think all those years I spent wrestling, I I wrestled through college and high school, and coming out of that, put my body into a condition where I was prepared physically to to ride bucking horses at a high level. You know. So kind of switching gears a little bit, um, you're from the Nebraska Sandhills, which are obviously pretty sparsely populated, but the community of people up there is, is pretty strong. So could you just speak a little bit to the support that you've received while on the road this year? Oh, you you wouldn't believe it. I, I have a, a great community behind me, and the, the people from this area have made a really really helped me care a lot about what I'm doing. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people following me and with this Cowboy Channel putting rodeos on, on the air now, people are get, being able to watch a lot more, but I'm sponsored by the Fuel Grill and Gordon. And I mean, if I'm riding in a real big rodeo, there'll be 20 people in there. And uh, the owner, Marlon, he's a good friend of families. He'll have me up on the TV and, you know, having that support at home is just incredible. And it really gives me something to, to be proud to go out and, um, 
kind of put on the map, you know. I just know that, that there's people here behind me, and getting to go out to the National Finals Rodeo and kind of put Merriman, Nebraska, the Sandhills on the map is, is sure um, an exciting thing for me, and I'm, I'm glad to be able to support the, the people back home, you know. From the outside looking in, this appears to be a very exciting time in your life. Not only have you qualified for your first NFR, but your wife is also expecting a baby. Uh, I can imagine you're feeling pretty on top of the world right now. My wife, Katie's expecting her second child here um, this weekend. So, Oh, wow. Um, it's it's going to be uh, crunch time getting the finals. But, you know, um, we're go-getters, <laughs> uh, me and my wife both. And um, with there's a lot of opportunity right now, but a lot of, a lot of stuff going on, too. And um, we've got a, a son, George, who's almost two now. And, um, you know, just all sorts of things that we've got to do, but everything that we're doing right now is stuff that I like to do. And, and we're just excited to, to go out there and give it our best, you know? So you're at a really exciting stage of life right now, but you didn't get here overnight. Um, who would you say has been the most influential person in your life and in your rodeo career? Oh, my dad, you know, he, he rode bareback horses growing up and I think he could have been really good, but he didn't really ever get the chance to rodeo full time. He had to work on the ranch, and and his dad wasn't quite as supportive. So then, me growing up, he never really pushed rodeo on me. But um, once I picked it up, he was he was really there for me to show me the ropes and everything. But you know, I've I've learned everything from from my work ethic to um, my attitude, and and then of course all my fundamentals and bareback riding, and um, having that good family structure. Um, my mom and my dad have put me down the road, especially early in my career, you know. And then my wife, Katie, has been with me since uh, we were seniors in high school. And always having someone on your team has uh, really made a difference in my life, you know. And it takes a lot of people to get somebody to the national finals, to the top of the, the competitive sport. And um, the support system that I've had has just been unbelievable. So you're headed to the national finals, 10th in the standings. What is your strategy and what are some goals that you have for the finals this year? My main goal for uh, the finals is to stay in the top 10. I I set that goal at the very beginning of this year. I wanted to finish the world finish in the top 10. I'm sitting number 10 right now. I was number 7 until the last week, so um that's kind of the goal that I have right now just because I I've never really I've never been to the finals. I don't really know exactly what to expect. I've been on some of these horses at this caliber caliber, but I've never been on 10 of them in a row. <laughs> um so, you know, uh there's a a tremendous mountain for me to climb, you know, and I'm excited to do it, but uh obviously a little nervous <laughs> for sure, but uh that that is my goal for the for the finals. Um, my number one goal is just to glorify God and in, in what I'm doing with rodeo, and I think that's really important to me. That is the most important thing to me. But um, as far as the NFR goes, I'm hoping to finish in the top ten when the dust settles after the last one. There will certainly be a strong pen of horses at the national finals, but talk a little bit about the difference in caliber of horses from the amateur ranks to the PRCA, and then wrapping things up with the best of the best at the NFR. Yeah, you know, at at your amateur rodeos, you get a lot of horses that they'll buck, but they're not gonna they're not gonna kick way over their head every jump or anything like that. And when you got have something that goes out there and is really outstanding and really 
has just a special attitude, something that's really, really wants to buck and, and isn't going to just stop doing it after a year or whatever, you know, um, they'll usually end up in the at the PRCA. You start going to these professional rodeos and um, you find out pretty soon that it can be a little bit of a, a drawing contest as far as, because it's luck of the draw, what horse you get when you get to the rodeo. And um, there's just some horses that the judges really score high that really just jump way up in the air, kick way over their head, and will really give a guy the power he needs to make a really good spurt ride. And there's a handful of these horses like that. And if you see one of their names next to your name when you get your call back, you know that you can you have a chance to go to that win it, rodeo and win some <clears throat> some money. You know, these are the outstanding horses. You memorize their names and you hope to see them next to your callbacks. And then at the end of the year... And, and there's usually, you know, two, three, four of these horses that at every big pro rodeo, and the guys were always placing on them. And then you go to the National Finals Rodeo, and you look at the list of horses we've got take, that were taken, and it's just every one of those horses, you know. Um, so anything that I draw at the National Finals Rodeo is something that I've hoped to draw at a different rodeo, if that makes sense, <laughs> you know. So um, they've just got the the deck is stacked in your favor to, to make a big ride, and I'm super excited to get out there and and get on some of these really, truly special horses that are just, you know, it's just a, a God-given thing that they were born to buck and that's what they want to do. What is it about the sport and bareback riding in particular that makes you want to keep doing it and makes you want to keep putting your hand in that rig in every rodeo? Bareback riding is super competitive right now. There's some guys riding really, really good. A ton of guys riding really, really good. And that's exciting to me because um, the direction that the sport is going is, is just on the up and up. You know, I mean, we're we're seeing new world record scores and, and the horsepower is, is getting really phenomenal. There's also some more uh, professional stock contractors that are starting to invest a little more of their time into making bareback horses specifically instead of saddle horses, which um, that's exciting because there is a difference, you know, and um, I think a lot of stock contractors in the past have concentrated more on saddle bronc horses, but um, there's some, some contractors that are really raising bareback-specific horses, and that's exciting for the sport. But, you know, with these great horses coming around, you're just guaranteed to be tested, and that's kind of, that's always been what excites me, is to get on something that, that pushes you to the limit of what you're able to do, and as, you know, as far as I know, I'm still improving. So, I just want to find out, you know, where my own ability is. You know, you'll never really know what you're truly capable of until you try. So I'd like to find out where that is. And I'd like to think that if I start to go over the hill, I'll probably retire. But it's easier said than done, I suppose. But <laughs> as far as I know, I'm on the upswing. So we'll just see see how far it goes. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a big year. What would you say your biggest takeaway has been? Or what's a piece of advice that you'd like to share with people? I guess I'd just like to encourage people to be to be a person of action. Whatever it is, you know, every day is just like a a grizzly bear charging you down. You know, I mean, that's life. It's just it's that tough. And um there's so many things that people wanna do or they don't do and and so much time people waste just spinning their tires not not being a person of action and and I just think I'd, I'd like to encourage everybody to just be a person of action, to just act. Whatever it is that you have in your life, whatever adversity there is there, you know, there's something that you can do to improve your situation. And, and uh, you know, it's it's all a long grind, but, you know, you take it one day at a time. And, and if you keep 
acting, keep doing something, you know, you're going to, you're going to come out on top. It's a person who can continually put effort forth all the time that, that really will eventually improve their situation, I guess. Absolutely. Well, Garrett, thank you so much for taking some time to tell your story. And we certainly wish you the best of luck at the national finals here in December. Once again, that was Garrett Shadbolt coming to us from the heart of the Nebraska Sandhills in Merriman and first-time Wrangler National Finals Rodeo Qualifier in the bareback riding. The 2021 edition of the NFR will kick off Thursday, December 2nd in Las Vegas at the Thomas & Mack Center. As a reminder, this podcast is produced by the Rural Radio Network. If you enjoyed this episode of Breaking the Barrier, be on the lookout for Season 2 of the Breaking the Barrier podcast, which will kick off in January of 2022. I'm Rebel Seclocha, and you're listening to Breaking the Barrier.